every once in a while, I just feel like I have to come back and I have to preach about baptism. You know, I'm doing this whole series about believe. I believe in God. I do. Man, I believe in hell. I do. I believe in the Bible. I do. We did that last weekend. And today, I believe in baptism. baptism. And next weekend, I believe in resurrection. So, hey, just wanted to go ahead and let you know. So, today, we're going to, let's just look uh, right there on your notes at the very top. There's a passage from Romans 6, and it's my favorite baptism. I, I like to read it, but I knew I'd be here now, so I didn't read it during the baptism of the three earlier. But listen to what it says. It says, that's what baptism into the life of Jesus means. When we're lowered into the water, it looks like the burial of Jesus. When we're raised up out of the water, it's like the resurrection of Jesus. Each of us is raised into a light-filled world by our Father so that we can see where we're going into our new grace, sovereign country. Maybe you've got the New American, the NIV, different NLT, different translations, but I just like the way Eugene Peterson frames it there. Now, I want to give you some foundations of, of baptism. So get ready to write. Not a lot of notes today, man. I'm taking it easy on you. And you're like, man, thank the Lord, because we're going to come back and worship some more and celebrate communion. But here's the first point. Believe the gospel. Now, I'm talking about believe during this series. So, I mean, like, it's the, the tenet of faith. We've got to believe in what Jesus said. Now, let me tell you, there's this confusion that people say, I believe, oh, I believe. And i got to tell you, it's a little hard. My whole ministry has been in Montgomery, Alabama, between here and Troy. And last Thursday night, we had this amazing night of worship and prayer. 220 students this Thursday night, pray for me. We'll be having our Easter service, our third one at Troy, here next weekend. But here's the deal. People everywhere, especially in the Bible Belt, they believe. Man, you can go up to a pagan and go, I believe, preacher, I believe. You believe what? You believe in the devil. You follow him. But I want you to believe biblically in the Lord Jesus. It means, man, you tether your life to him. You connect with him. You surrender your mind, your volition, your intellect, your heart. You just get committed to Christ. You, you believe him. You follow him. I told people yesterday when I did that funeral service for Brody, I call him resurrection service. I said, hey, if you want to see Brody, because I believe that God takes care of all the children. How many of you believe that? And that little boy might have had some limitations on this side, but I tell you what, Brody's got no limitations today, buddy. He's whole. And if we're going to see him and those that have died in Christ before us, then we've got to have biblical belief. We've got to believe the gospel. So I just put it down there kind of simply, put it this way. Biblical salvation is a free gift. Man, you can't give enough money. You can't serve enough. You can't earn it. You can't say enough chants. You can't say enough prayers. You just have to declare your allegiance to Jesus Christ. Remember when we were going to school, I remember this, Coach. We always walked into the classroom, and we did the Pledge of uh, Allegiance to our flag. We did that with prayer. I don't know if they do that anymore. Man, you know, and then we can't even really pray. Got to have a moment of silence, all that nonsense. Anyway, I don't know about you, but I know who I'm talking to. How about you? I talk to the God of heaven, the Lord Jesus Christ. So here it is. We declare to, to become a fully devoted follower of Christ believing the gospel let me just say it this way jesus one day said if you really believe you'll deny yourself and then you'll pick up the cross daily and you'll follow after me there's a term right here i don't use the word christian much because in montgomery alabama in the bible belt the word christian's gotten a little weak and diluted because everybody thinks they're a christian and i don't believe they are but a biblical christian is a christ yeah y'all been listening proud of y'all christ follower following jesus today in baptism Parker, Sarah, 
John said, I will follow Jesus. Did you hear him go, I am a Christ follower? They didn't go, do I have to say it loud? I'm a Christ follower. Man, they said it boldly, unashamedly, which we'll get there in a minute. So here it is, believing Believing in baptism, and let's continue to move through this. So we come as we are to Christ. It's an expression of our faith where we surrender to God and we come separate from the world and we go, God, I'll follow you to the best of what you give me. And supernaturally, because you've borne witness to me, I've been born of your spirit, as he told Nicodemus, I'll respond to you, I'll follow you, Jesus, all the days of my life. Now, second point, get ready. Turn from your past. So you got to believe the right stuff. you got to believe in the gospel. you got to believe Christ. Now you got to turn from the things you've been doing. you got to turn from your sin, from the condemnation that sin brings. And you begin to have this, the Bible calls it uh, repentance. In the Greek, the word's metanoia, to be changed, to change your way of thinking, to change your direction. You're walking this way, and then you walk a new way. I remember it so vividly. When I began my walk of faith as a 19-year-old, I didn't do it until 19. So many of you have done it at 3 and 5 and 8 and 18 and 80 and 50 and 30. I just think it's a little harder as you get older because you get a little more callous and you get a little hard in your heart. But penance is when we turn our face. Listen to this. This is good. Repentance is when we turn our face, our heart toward God. But here's what I like. But God turns to us as sons and daughters not as slaves but as children of god does that give anybody joy but me that's what he did you put your put your hands you can clap right there ben that's a great point man y'all follow your elders lead we ain't doing too good we, we need to work on this we need to coach this okay that's why anyway I, I won't go there i'll get in trouble okay so turn from your past look at the third thing here you join the community of believers by going public not being ashamed today i love it man you, you when you make a declaration of baptism they weren't ashamed. They wanted people to know. They wanted us to know as a faith community. They wanted their God to know. And they'll tell other people. This week after I met with Sarah and John, it was so cool because Sarah was like Facebooking and blowing everybody up, man. And people were, hey, we're going to your baptism. Hey, we're going to do this. I love it. She wasn't like, hey, man, I'm going to be baptized. Nobody come. It's just, you know, I remember one time in my, when I was serving, somebody came to me one time and said, Keith, I'd like to be baptized. I go, oh, that's awesome. And they, they really said this. Could I, could I do it in private? And, and they lowered their voice. They go, could I do it in private? And I said, no. And I wasn't near as bold then as I am today. Do it in private. If you're not ashamed of him, he won't be ashamed of you before the Father. Amen? Amen. Do it in private. What is that? Hey, your faith might be private, and it's personal, but it has to go public. That's what the scripture teaches. So here it is. Look at um, Mark 8:38. If anyone is ashamed of me and my words in this adulterous and sinful generation, the Son of Man will be ashamed of them when he comes into his Father's glory with his holy angels. See, I, I don't know about you, but I want Jesus standing up for me. Do you know in the book of Acts, I love this. I don't love that he got stoned, that he got killed. But when Stephen was killed, if you read the, the book of Acts closely, the Bible says... And then Jesus rose up and he stood up for Stephen, a martyr, one that didn't deny him. And I don't know about you, but that's the only hope we've got is one day to stand before the judge, before the Lord God Almighty, and that Jesus Christ says, Father, they're mine. I've redeemed them by my blood. I paid for them. 
enter into thy rest, thy good and faithful servant. Man, I, I long for that, man, to, to hear that. It's like, let me say this today. I wear my wedding band every day. I don't go, you know, I'm going to wear it on Sundays and Mondays. I'm going to skip Tuesday. I'm going to come back to Wednesday and on Thursday it's mine. Donna go, you fool. I don't do that. Matter of fact, when I put my wedding band on, my first one, I never took it off. I was Jesus in this big cantata. I know it's kind of hard to believe. I had hair and a beard and a big beard and lots of hair. And I was Jesus. And they came to me, they go, now, Keith, we don't believe Jesus had a, a wedding band on. Okay? We well, wasn't married. We want you to take yours off. And I got to tell you, I almost got out of the cantata. I mean, it was, it was really, it was big for me, because I promised her I'd never take it off. And I went and I got Donna. You remember that? I said, Donna, would you take it off? And everybody stood there. We, like, had a ceremony right there. And she took it off, and I did the thing, and she put it right back on. Then I had to do it another night. She had to take it off again and put it on. And I wore that ring until one day she goes, baby, we're going to update your ring. We're going to get you. You remember, remember when I used to have them little bitty skinny rings? Maybe one of you got one. I don't have one anymore. And she goes, I'm going to give you a big band. And I remember she put it on there. And I haven't taken that one off since she put it on. I've almost had this finger cut off many times because I won't take it off. But you know what it is? I want everybody to know this man is married. And when they see her, they go, God is good. You married well. You out, you out punted your coverage. You know what I'm saying? What are you laughing about? I'm looking at you too, and you did real good too. Some of you got, you mean, you got beautiful wives, and you're like, man, glory. You ought to come down the altar right now and repent, say, Jesus, let me just stay with them. But I don't go, well, you know, I wear it. I wear it when I feel like it. Man, I wear it every day. Today, they can't walk around in baptism every day, but today they declared. And then now they go public in a new way, in a new power, the power of Jesus. And it, it, that, that wedding ring, it's an eternal reminder of an internal reality. If we ask Parker today, Parker, what's happening in your heart? She goes, man, there's, there's Christ in me. John and Sarah go, Christ is in me, the living Christ. He's forming me. He's coming back for me. He's going to present me to the Father. They're not ashamed, and we don't need to be ashamed of Christ. We begin to follow. Here it is. Here's, here's a good term. How many of y'all tweet? You, you, you follow Twitter. Any of you follow Twitter? Okay, well, going to be a pretty pitiful illustration. Anyway, I thought it was pretty cool. We've got a young congregation. Well, I don't feel bad now because I, I, I follow a number of people and, and I've got a Twitter account. Jeff put me on there so I could be cool. The only problem is I never tweet. And, uh, but, but i got to start doing that because I get all these things. We're following you on Twitter. I'm like, you ain't going to follow much. But, uh, but here's the deal. But, but I follow some people. And I, I go on there. And the thing is, on, on Twitter, you can, you can get in the stream and you can flow with people and you can want to know what their minds and what they're thinking, what they're doing. It's kind of cool. But you know, it's a pick-and-choose mentality. Here's where I'm going. With Jesus, there's not a pick-and-choose mentality. You get in the stream, and you follow him with your whole heart. See, I've met some people, they only believe the parts of this book that they like. And that's not a biblical follower of Jesus. A biblical follower of Jesus. See, baptism, let me just tell you. The first command after salvation was go and be baptized. Baptism, let me say this as clear as I know. I know my Church of Christ friends disagree with me. That's fine. Baptism has never saved anybody. Baptism is not salvation. Matter of fact, I've talked with every one of them. Parker was already a Christ follower. Sarah was already a Christ follower. John was already a Christ follower. They put their faith in Jesus Christ and Him alone, and they were saved! Exclamation point. But today, 
They chose by an act of their will to obey Christ and baptism and follow him. And here's what I'm saying. There are a lot of you in here going, well, Keith, now I had that infant thing and I had this, you know, I'm not going to fight you. I'm not going to debate you. Here's what I love about being a community church. I preach the Bible and then you let Jesus do it. And let me tell you, I've baptized more people that have said, you know what? I was reading Romans 6 and I want the Romans 6 experience. I'd rather you respond to God than the voice of man. Amen. But I got to tell you, many of you probably have done it. And some of you probably say, you know what? I need to follow Christ next time we have baptism obedience to christ going public for him there's something just richer when i read romans 6 man here you know have you forgotten that when you were joined with christ in baptism we joined him in his death for we died and we were buried with christ by baptism just as christ was raised from the dead by the glorious power of the father now we may also live new lives the power of jesus you begin to follow. That's what it means. I, every weekend I try to say it some way. Will you just follow Jesus? Will you just know him? Will you love him? Will you, you know, uh, you honor him? Uh, you know, the world behind me, the cross before me, no turning back, I'll follow Jesus. The old song. Look, look at the next point. Show your sign of covenant relationship by obeying Jesus and following him into the water of baptism. Just, it, it's, it's a covenantal relationship that Christ forms with us. Like, Don and I have a marriage covenant, and it's sacred. I have a covenant with a covenant-making God, and you do too if you're in Christ. If God's placed you in Christ, you put your faith in Christ, there's a covenant. And this covenant here, you, you show it by obeying Him. Let me get you to turn to, uh, will you turn over to John with me? The Gospel of John, chapter 14, verse 15. And here's what the Word of God says. This, this is a great verse. It says, if you love me, obey my commandments. It didn't go. If you love me, follow the stream of Twitter when you feel like it. Follow the stream of God when you choose. No, let's read it again. If you love me, obey my commandments. It's so critical that you and I follow Christ. And you see, here's what I've learned. When we begin to follow Christ just in this step of obedience, I think the next step is easier. In the next one, you just begin to follow and the word baptizio in the Greek, it means to be immersed. It means to be dipped. It means to be dunked. And all the time you ask people, man, hey, did you get dunked? It means I'm coming separate from the world and I'm following Christ. I'm, I'm a part of the community, the community of faith, the community of believers. It symbolizes repenting. It symbolizes consecrating. You know that word consecration, to set apart something? I consecrate my life unto Jesus. I come separate. I follow him. In the second century, there was a Jewish group called the Essenes. And this group of people, they consecrated themselves. But they consecrated utensils. In other words, they would go, we baptize, not for a change of life. They baptize their utensils to signify that these, we, they dipped them, these utensils are for a purpose, for a holy purpose. Now, they knew nothing about germs. They didn't, they didn't dip the utensils to get off germs. That, that came later in history, okay? They baptized them because it was part of the Jewish heritage for ceremonial washing. A good Jew would always know about ceremonial washings and washing pots. And they, they were washing, you got converted into Ju Judaism, and you would have the ceremonial cleansing. Or here it is in Christ. God initiates us into himself, into the church, into his son. And he, uh, he consecrates, he washes. John the Baptist, remember John? He was that wild, leather, locust-eating guy. I got to tell you, if... if uh, 
if John the Baptist came here this morning, you probably wouldn't sit next to him. I mean, I can just see the dude, long hair, man, ain't combed it in weeks, got a locust hanging out of the side of his mouth, ain't had a bath, he's going to repent for the kingdom of God's hand. You'd be going, man, this guy's weird. Prepare the way of the Lord. He was trying to prepare him for what was coming, much one greater than him, that he was unworthy to tie his sandals. But he was trying to say, make your heart right. Let me, let me just give it to you this way. If you'll turn over to Mark 7, I, I, man, as I was studying about baptism, I, I saw this in a new light. And I, in Mark 7, it's, it, Jesus teaches about inner purity. And then notice that some of the disciples failed to follow Jewish ritual of hand washing before eating. So they were all into ritualistic practices. And today, I, I don't want you to just go jump in baptism just because you want a ritual. I want you to have an, an encounter, an experience with Christ. And it says the Jews, especially the Pharisees, do not eat until they poured water over their cupped hands as required by the ancient traditions. In a similar way, they didn't eat anything from the market until they immersed their hands in water. There's that word, they, they dipped them. They, they baptized their hands. And this is but one of the many traditions they clung to, such as a ceremonial washing of cups and pitchers and kettles. So they went through all this ceremony, but then God just really gets on and says, you know what, but guys, your hearts are far from me. Your lips say words but your heart's far from the kingdom. So this morning, it's real simple. Jesus just says, follow me, obey me. Now, it's simple to say, it's very hard to do. It's very hard to follow the risen Christ day by day. That's the narrow road. So washing, it, it, Jesus would say this, be washed and ready. Just be washed in my blood, follow me in baptism, be ready for my return, I'll come again. So, um, baptism, let me get you this right, maybe a side note. Baptism is a funeral. You, you just die. I mean, this morning, you know, I mean, Parker's so sweet, so I didn't hold her under the water line long, and I didn't hold Sarah. Now, I thought about holding John a little bit longer than the other two. And he's, he's such an athlete, he would have come up swimming. But, but, I, but I, thought about just, I thought about just holding him up. No, you know, somebody asked me one time, says, when I get baptized, do you have to do like a, a, a longer time with me because I'm such a sinner? Well, you know, sometimes we think about that. But no, I mean, we're, we're baptized into Christ. We're, we're buried with Christ. But the great thing, every baptism I've been a part of, we didn't leave anybody in the water, <laughs> which is good. We, we raised them up. And as we raised up, as they were raised up, Christ raised them up in himself. They, they were new in the Savior. They began to follow him. Just a couple thoughts here. Baptism, it doesn't make you a believer. It just shows that you already are one. It just shows that you're obeying the commands of God. Powerful thing. Why be baptized? Write down Mark 1 9. Here's some side verses. I just want you to write down. Mark 1 9. Jesus, he was baptized, the Lord himself, he was baptized in the Jordan River. Uh, here's another reason. We, we, we're baptized because we obey Christ's command. 1 John 2 3. It shows that we know him. And we can be sure that we know him if we obey his commandments. See, if you want to have assurance of salvation today, real quick test. Do you obey the gospel? Do you obey Jesus? Are you purposing in your heart to obey Jesus? If you're obeying Jesus and following him, the Bible says, then you know him. And you have fellowship with the Father. In Galatians 3, 26 and 27, the word of God so says, So in Christ Jesus, you are all children of God through faith. For all of you were baptized into Christ. You clothed yourself with Christ. You know, already next weekend, some of you have been thinking about this. Don't raise your hands. Some of you have been thinking about what you're going to wear next week. You have. I have. And you've been thinking, now, 
what shirt? I mean, in this church, you'd look a little funny if you come here with a tie and a coat on. I'll cut it off if you come in, okay? <laughs> but the reality is, you might put on a shirt or a little different blouse or maybe a skirt or something. <laughs> not if you're a guy. Let's hope not. But you're, <laughs> that's another message for another day. But you're going you're gonna to get ready and Man, you're, you're going to dress up and you're going to come in. And, and in hot church, they're going to walk in with their Easter bonnets on next week. Oh, they're going to be glorious. I remember a few years ago, because I've been in this contemporary movement now for almost 16 years, I went to a clothing store on the Saturday before Easter. And you're saying, you're a fool. I am. I'm a fool for Christ. And today's April Fool's. What a great day. Okay. But uh, I went in a clothing store, and I had one purpose in mind. I went in there, and I wanted to watch all the stress on people that were trying to find a suit for the next day. And I just walked around and laughed. You're saying, man, you're sick. I am, but it was fun. And they kept walking up, sir, do you need anything? No, I'm just looking. And I was looking. I was looking at all the fools in there trying to get ready. And they were all getting the right clothes. And you could tell some of them had, had a suit on. They were you know, doing that and choking on me. And I was like, ha, ha, you're going to wear that tomorrow. But they look good. But here's what I want to say to you. What are you getting clothed in? Oh, it's nice to have a new shirt or a new dress or a new blouse, but I hope you get clothed in Jesus Christ. That's what I love about our church. I invited somebody yesterday. I said, hey, come to our church. Here's the first question they say. I hadn't got anything. Y'all heard the same question? Were you talking to the same person I talked to yesterday? And here's what I said. Are you a naked boy? Looked at me. I said, are you free? Yeah. I said, have you got khakis on? Yeah. Then wear them. Oh, see, it gets rid of the excuses. So, what I love about our church is we're just kind of a casual, contemporary, Christ-exalting body of the Lord God Almighty. And if you want to dress up, I go awesome. I'm a little more dressed up today. There's a reason for it. Some of you have been saying, oh, Pastor, you look a little nice. Now, I didn't put on a coat and tie. I didn't go that far, okay? But we get clothed. We get clothed in Jesus Christ here. Oh, I love it, Lord. And look at the next point. When you're baptized, you tell Jesus, I'm all in, and I'm centering my life around you as Lord. You see, this morning, Parker wasn't in the back going, Pastor Keith, do I have to get all the way in the water? I'll just put my foot in there. I'll get it saved. I'll show my beast of Christ up to my knee. And you know what? She's got beautiful hair, her and Sarah. They didn't go, my hair's going to get wet. Oh, I can't do that. It'll mess up my appearance. They didn't care. They said, man, we're going to get all the way in the water. And I don't know if you noticed this morning, but we, we dip them all the way under. Because it's obedience, being buried in Christ, identifying with Christ. This new community. Jesus, I'm all in. I mean, you, you ever been playing a sport? And, uh, and you had some people that were all in and some people that were just kind of playing at it? You don't want them on your team. You want somebody that says, man, I'll give blood. I'll, I'll give it all for that. I'm, I'm all in the game. Jesus, you're master. Jesus, you're in charge. Jesus, you're leader. Jesus, you're CEO. Jesus, you're ruler. In the Greek, Jesus, you're kurios means your master jesus your lord i call you lord by the holy spirit but lord i'll follow you baptism is not a denominational thing let me just say that to you we're an interdenominational church so we have people from catholic episcopalian presbyterian baptist methodist assembly of god church of god born again jews we 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 have them from everywhere that come through I, I love it but baptism is not a denominational thing baptism is a jesus thing write that down somewhere baptism is just a jesus thing you're saying, well, I don't understand it. Well, just begin to pour over some of these scriptures in Romans 6 and, and other passages of the Bible and Galatians and see what God says to your heart if, if I about and convinced you. The first point of obedience, though, 
It's just to follow Jesus. And the second step of Jesus is follow Jesus. And the next step is follow Jesus. And baptism is that time. I remember my baptism. It was glorious. It was awesome. I hope you remember your baptism. Maybe you don't remember. Maybe today God's going to convince you. In, in Matthew 28, verses 19 and 20, it's called the Great Commission. We founded our church on this. It says, therefore, sit and make disciples of all. No, I didn't say that. It says, therefore, what? Go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything as I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. So we identify with Jesus. We just begin to, to follow him. This, this great commission is, uh, is for everybody. It's not just for preachers. It's not just for pastors. Man, it's, it's for the body. It's being baptized into his death. Baptism portrays our death. Baptism portrays our burial, our inclusion. Baptism portrays our resurrection with Jesus. Oh, uh, love what Paul said in Galatians 2.20, I'm crucified with Christ. It's no longer I that lives, but I live by the faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. This morning, a bloody Savior gave himself that those three could follow him. And they would unashamedly, they would speak, and they would declare, I'm a follower of Jesus. Have we done that? Or we want to do that? It's a, I'd write down somewhere, baptism is just a funeral for your flesh. I don't know about you, but I got grade A strong flesh. How about you? You think that's funny? Okay. My flesh is strong. Is your flesh strong? I mean, it needs to be dealt with every day, being crucified, hanging on that cross, being identified with Christ. So the next step, let's go to the next step. What is it? You can imagine it's real simple. You follow Jesus. You follow him in the water of baptism. You declare obedience and allegiance to him. Anybody here today need to turn around? Need to get turned around, get washed and ready, and come into this covenant community of believers? It's a simple step of faith. Kids do it. Teenagers do it. Young couples do it. Singles do it. Adults do it. Older people do it. They just follow Christ. It's an outward proclamation of an inward transformation. Jesus is Lord. This morning, I, I'm just thrilled, man. I could preach all day, and I'm not, but I've learned this. God values relationship above all things. And Parker, I'm proud of you, my sister in Christ. God values your relationship. Sarah, John, God values your relationship with him and your act of obedience. Today, and y'all following Christ, I believe others are going to follow Christ, so I want to say thank you. The power of baptism is in Jesus. This morning, I pray we'll rise up and we'll follow him. And uh, I just want to pray with you. And then we're going to move into Holy Communion together. Can we, can we just pray together? Bow your heads with me. Father, I thank you for the uh, gracious invitation to follow Jesus Christ, to, to know him. And Lord, you say, come. Come all that are thirsty. Come all that are hungry. Come all that are heavy laden, but come and follow me. This morning, Jesus, I'm trusting, I'm believing that boys and girls and teenagers and young adults and men and women are following you afresh today or they're making a commitment in their hearts to follow Christ. The Bible says simply, if you'll call upon the name of the Lord, you'll be saved. 
but you repent first. You, you turn from your sin and you follow Christ. Would you, would you follow this Messiah that I've been talking about today? What a great day to get to know Jesus on Palm Sunday as we go into Holy Week. I just believe there's people today that need to make a decision of faith. By an act of their will, they receive the gospel. They receive Christ. Yet to all who received him, he gave the power to become children of God by receiving. In your heart right now, would you just open your heart to Jesus and ask him to come and invade and come and be Lord and be your Savior and wash you by his blood and cleanse you and make you fit for heaven and give you life abundant. And would you choose to follow him from this day? Would you be courageous like these three today and say, I'll take the next step with Jesus. I'll follow him. I pray that today people are going to come up in this song and let me know or let our elders know or they'll call this week or maybe today they'll go, I want to follow Christ. I'll tell you what we'd do. We'd even take you to baptism right now after this last song if that's what you want to do. The next step of obedience is to follow him. God, we love you with an everlasting love. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray this prayer. Amen.